everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend, my co-host, Alex. We are here to recap a 21-19 win, the first win of the 2023 preseason for the Giants. It's the biggest occasion of all time here. If you can't tell, that's heavy sarcasm. Um, I'm sitting in a chair that makes noise when I move around, and I'm recording on my computer because I am down the shore, so hopefully the audio sounds okay. I'll try my best not to move around like crazy. Um, although it's kind of hard to my to, to contain my excitement for this win, you know the the two point twenty one nineteen victory against the Panthers might have been the best thing that's ever happened to uh to this New York Giants franchise. All right, enough with the heavy sarcasm, Alex. We're gonna recap this game, but first of all, how are you doing on this Monday morning? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's been a I guess a good weekend after Giants victory, a victory Saturday, um, which I don't think we'll be saying at all this season, but uh, not for. You know, the reason that we won't win, but that there's no games on Friday nights. But uh, yeah, I'm you know, I think we had a a, a fun night watching the game together. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how everything goes from here. Some exciting stuff with the starters, obviously playing, which was good. And um, yeah, I mean, it was better than watching Tommy DeVito for three quarters or three and a half quarters uh, like last time. But DeVito did play a whole half Um, in the second half. Some had some good moments to it as well. So. Um, all in all, a good a good night and uh, a good victory weekend. So I'm I'm happy and ready to go here. Just before we get into everything, I just want to remember I do this now, so I'm going to do it now. <laughs> go read uh, our article. Uh, three things that we learned from this game on the fans first sports network website under the New York Giants section. You can also find the link uh, on our social medias too, uh, as well. We did tweet it out, post it on Instagram, all of the above. Uh, so if you want. Or please actually go check out that article uh, before we start here. But a few points that I wanted to kind of draw between those two was Daniel Jones. This is something we need to talk about if we're doing a recap on the game because he did start the first series of the game. Does that affect next week against the Jets? It might. He might not start there. But he did start this first series, so that's what we're going to talk about. The Giants franchise quarterback at this point went 8-9 for for 69 yards and a touchdown. This included four targeted throws to Darren Waller. Now, only three of them were completed, but the first two plays of the actual game seemed to be very scripted plays heading towards Waller's hands because there was the first play of the game, literally the first play of the game, it was a Jones snap, and Waller had a quick slant route into the left side, starting on the right side of the field, if I remember correctly, which is hard because this was like three days ago at this point. Uh, and it was just an immediate throw to Waller. So it looked like it was just a set play to go to Waller's hands. And then the second play also went to him, although I don't think that was a, you know exactly scripted to go to him, um, if that makes any sense. And then what else do I have from that drive? There was a Daniel Bellinger play action, uh, fake handoff to Matt Breida. Jones rolled left, found Bellinger for the score. And the team scored in 10 plays um, in about five minutes. And obviously, you know, it's, it was some Panther starters versus the entire Giants starters. So that's what they should be doing in preseason. And they did just that. So they did what they should have done during the preseason. Alex, do you have anything else to add from that drive? I mean, that you want to talk about? I don't think there's much. Um, I thought the O-line held up pretty well. I thought Daniel Jones was crisp in the pocket. I thought he stepped up in the pocket well. Um, I thought he was, you know, relatively assertive. You know, his first read at all times was Waller, like you mentioned, but... Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good drive against a mixed Carolina defense, right, of starters and backups and whatever, right? So you got to uh, keep that in mind. But still, uh, it was impressive and definitely instilled confidence going forward. So 
uh, I'm, I'm excited from what I saw and, um, you know, just ready to see more of them in the regular season. So that that's all I'd say about that. Okay, cool. So let's move to, I don't remember if this is the second drive or the third drive, but we do have the Jalen Hyatt touchdown, which we have to talk about. He lined up in the slot in a second and 10 from Carolina's 33-yard line where there was a beautiful sort of uh, crisscross route where he started in uh, towards the middle of the field and just cut out to the right side, and he just beat uh, safety Eric Rowe for the touchdown. And Hyatt had at least 5 to 10 yards of separation by the end of that play when he ended up catching the ball in the end zone uh, between himself and Rowe. It was pretty remarkable to see on the replay, and we got a few different angles of it from, you know, the if you're on Twitter, a lot of people are posting it from either, you know, the... the um, what is it called, like the all-22 view, uh, something yeah. like that. And um, it, he just, I mean, Alex, we knew this, that he was really fast. I'm glad the Giants finally showed it in this game and they used him because, let's be honest, and I'm not saying it's like the Giants playbook that's making him bad. And maybe it's because I, I can make all these excuses, uh, but the, let's do, let's not shy away, excuse me, from the from the obvious look so far in preseason. Besides this touchdown, Hyde has been struggling in preseason the times that he has gotten the ball on these like jet sweeps or the end rounds, he's been losing yards. So everyone's now going to go out, you know, from the either even Giants fans, but also like the NFL fan base and like, oh my God, Jalen Hyde, he's been a beast so far in preseason. He got that one touchdown. This was a very nice touchdown. I would agree. But the four other plays or whatever that he's run, whether it's literally him, you know, running and it counts as rushing yards or him in the passing game has been no like nowhere to be found, nothing to be seen. Uh, I mean, do you agree with me there? Like, as insane as this play was, right, and it's going to be a highlight for a little bit throughout the rest of preseason, Hyatt has not shown that much, and if anything, it's been negative stuff from negative yards gained. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not been great from preseason Hyatt. Uh, obviously, he had a pretty good training camp where we saw a lot of those deep touchdowns, but yeah, it, it's been a rough period, and um, you know, Jalen Hyatt, I don't think is the type of guy you're going to line up uh, in a jet sweep uh, situation or uh, some sort of trick play in the backfield because he has the speed over the top speed. But I think his speed, his playmaking ability, uh, his, you know, yards after catch ability is not exactly, um, you know, up there with some of the better receivers in this league. I but would... the... yeah, what were you saying? No, no, no. I was going to say I, w- I would use the word elusiveness when I would be describing him because you, you talk about like the top running backs in this game or the top playmakers like a Saquon Barkley. I would say his elusiveness is that top level to where you see that game against the Bears. He's in the backfield on that pass from Daniel Jones and you're like, OK, it's basically over here. He's going to lose five to ten yards. But then he cuts to the opposite side of the field and gains 15. Right. And that that play comes to mind. That's yeah. elusiveness to me, and that's something that I think you were trying to get at to where Jalen Hyatt doesn't really have that. He has the speed, but the elusiveness isn't really there, if that makes any sense. Do you, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what I, what I would say is, like, he'll beat you over the top, right? He'll he'll get you, uh, you know, he'll beat you over the top to the end zone. Um, but if you're giving him the ball, you know, five yards from the line of scrimmage, you know, he might not even get to the 10-yard line type of thing. Because, uh, yeah, he's just not elusive. He's not as shifty. Uh, I think that's another good word uh, to use once he has the ball in his hands. But, you know, when he is just a straight runner, uh, just running his routes, going deep, uh, he's obviously a handful. So that that's kind of what I would say uh, regarding that play. Obviously, Tyrod was under pressure. He kind of chucked it up, but uh, it was a good catch from high, a good separation um, and uh, interesting celebration at the end of it as well. Oh, yeah. the 
meditation thing. I don't really know. And then when he went back, NBC caught this on video. When he went back to the sideline, Brian Dable kind of took him aside and touched his helmet and gave him a little bit of a word or two. Not in a bad way, I don't think. I, I don't know if that had any, excuse me, had any, um, like, connection to the celebration or if that was just like a, hey, son, take it all in. This is, uh, you know, your first touchdown. It's going to be one of many more, you know, sort, sort of thing. I don't know if, what that was. I don't know if you saw that either, Alex, but I remember he kind of took him aside and gave yeah, him a, I remember a, that. a little talk. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see if that was either like a bad talk, like uh, I don't know what the hell that celebration was, but let's like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> or or was it like a congratulations on the touchdown, you know, let's keep going here or something, something like that. But um, anyway... I'm going to let you transition because I, I've kind of been leading the point. So I, yeah. I, I want you to get some uh, get yeah. some time to to break the the, the news first. Here. Yeah, and I believe this was the second drive of the game that this happened. Kayvon Thibodeau got a, a pretty clean sack on Bryce Young uh, on a rep against Iki Aquanu, who was last year's sixth overall pick. The pick right in between Thibodeau and Neal. Obviously, we had picks five and seven. He was the sixth overall pick uh, for those who um, can remember that. Uh, so obviously no slouch at the tackle spot, and uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau beat him very handedly. To be fair, he was a little bit confused on who he was picking up, but uh, still good to see Kayvon get his first sack of the season, uh, even though it is still in preseason. And then Evan Neal uh, ended up playing the entire first half, uh, which I thought was you know interesting. I know Josh was kind of pointing it out once we got to the second quarter, and he was still out there. Um, JMS was out there as well the entire first half, right? So it's not just... Um, you know, him of the starters who was still out there. Obviously, JMS is a rookie, though, so that is something to note, whereas Evan Neal uh, is obviously a second-year player. But if you do remember last year, or two years ago now, Andrew Thomas, I believe, played an entire first half uh, once the starters went out. Um, I saw someone mention this on Twitter, and I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Andrew Thomas, in his second year, um, ended up playing an entire first half, and now we see how he turned out, so... Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. It just means he needs to put some more work in and uh, a more a whole half of football is not going to hurt him. Uh, that's for sure. So that's uh, important to note. And he certainly had his good and bad moments, which uh, Josh actually wrote about in his article uh, that went up uh, what now a couple days ago when you're listening to this. So make sure to go check that out on the um, Fans First Sports Network website. Uh, we'll have that linked below. Uh, in the description of this episode. So make sure to go check that whoa. out. What? I said, whoa, I was just talking about earlier that it's on the social media channels, but Alex is going the extra mile. It's, in the, in, the it's in the description. It's in the description. Look at that. It's going to make it easier for you. He's very kind to do that. Easy. Big. How nice. Yeah, so um, nice look, guy. <laughs> who, I didn't know who was going to go to the quarterbacks. Now you I can guess go. I can do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll take charge. Tyrod Taylor went 9 for 13 for 90 yards, and obviously... Throwing the high touchdown, which, by the way, was a nice throw. And Taylor bounces back from not the best performance uh, that we saw from the few plays he ran the week before. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Tommy DeVito took over for the last, like, three quarters. Um, he, he bounced back. So I, I was happy to see Taylor actually doing uh, a, a good performance here in this game against the Panthers. Uh, he took over for Daniel Jones after the first series until halftime. Then Tommy DeVito took over the second half. And uh, still was was doing his thing, you know, kind of balling out a little bit against the uh, second and third team defenses of the Carolina Panthers. Went nine for 11 for 88 yards in the second half. All right. Now we talked about the positives. We had some fun. 
But we do have to talk about some unfortunate news, and that is just injuries, because that happens in sports and especially in football. So the injury, uh, injured players excuse me, that were not in uniform for this game included running back Gary Brightwell, wide receiver Cole Beasley, wide receiver Wandell Robinson, uh, Colin Johnson, Marcus McKeithen on the offensive line, along with Tyree Phillips. And on the defense, Ryder Anderson, Cam Brown, cornerback Aaron Robinson, safety Nick McLeod, tight end Tommy Sweeney was not in uniform as well. And then an injury that happened during the game was the interior offensive lineman Jack Anderson limped off the field in the fourth quarter. Um, and then those injuries also translate to the injury. We're recording Monday morning, right? So um, there are the Giants that did not practice today on Monday, were released to the public, you know, through uh, the beat reporter. So we'll talk about that. And some guys uh, are the same that did not play on Friday. And then the other unfortunate news is uh, another thing that happens in football, unfortunately, is cut downs. And that started after the game on Friday. The New York Giants head coach Brian Dable said that the team had waived cornerback Rodarius Williams. He was originally drafted in the sixth round by the Giants in 2021 out of Oklahoma State. And his rookie campaign was cut short due to a knee injury that limited him to just five games. Since that point, the Giants have brought in a good amount of quarterbacks and defensive backs on the team. And his his uh, place on the depth chart just kind of slowly, or even on the roster, slowly declined. Um, yeah. His brother was cut on the same day, too, actually, which I, is crazy. I was just about to make the uh, the Williams reference there. But yeah, because of the signings of like Oraria this offseason... The pick of Deontay Banks and also Trey Hawkins, he just kind of slipped down and uh, you know unfortunately uh, got cut. And yeah, so the uh, the Williams had a tough day on Saturday. I think it was as his brother, I think his name's Greedy Williams, his first name on the Philadelphia Eagles, also got cut two hours before Williams officially got cut. So just a sad day overall for the Williams family. That definitely sucks. Um, you know. Uh, Rodarius Williams was already claimed by the Buccaneers, so he's with them now. And I don't know the update with Greedy Williams, uh, but let's hope they get back on their feet and uh, you know end up at, at another team. But I, I do know that uh, Rodarius Williams is already on another team. He's on the Buccaneers now. So good for him. Yeah, for sure. Good for him. Um, and then let's talk about the Giants. You mentioned you kind of previewed this earlier a little bit. The Giants not practicing today uh, in Monday's practice post-game. Uh, those players are Tyree Phillips, Jack Anderson, Cole Beasley, Gary Brightwell, Tommy Sweeney, Cam Brown, Ryder Anderson, Nick McLeod, Jason Pinnock, who we do know has a leg injury, uh, and Cordell Flott. All right, Alex, just before we get to our final segment here on today's episode, let's take a quick break. All right, so I wanted to do a fun little segment at the end here uh, that that's not Super Giants related. Uh, it's fantasy football related. I'm sure everyone has their drafts coming up. The reason why ours is so early, it's actually two night Monday night, uh, is because, you know, we're all going to college, so we wanted to do it. It's a father-son league, uh, and we wanted to do it while we were still home so we could draft together with our fathers here. So that is tonight. Alex, we're, we're in a 12-person league. Let me get some context. We're in a 12-person league. We had a duck race, which we saw on TikTok, decide the draft, which is basically like you get it, you get it, you know, it's one of those timer apps. And the timer has a bunch of ducks racing. And you could put names in the slots of those ducks. And funny enough, Alex got the 11th pick and I got the 12th pick. So Alex, I wanted to do a little fantasy football talk to end this episode about where you're looking. You know, to give our listeners a little bit. I feel like we did do fantasy football talk right in the beginning of this podcast when we started it. You know, 
when there was nothing else to talk about uh, during the COVID pandemic. And I want to bring that back a little bit and talk about some guys that you're looking for to draft or what you think. I, it depends. I don't know how you want to take this. But Josh, I see you there with your notepad, right? I, I bet he, I bet I can't see him right now, but I'm sure he's got his notepad. List of players Alex likes in fantasy, and he's writing them all down as soon as I'm about to say them. Is this that, what this is? Not, is this a big well, trick, Josh? This doesn't matter because you're picking before me. I'm saying, who are you looking for at pick 11? And well, I mean, it's going to be the same people at pick 12, but. At pick 11. All right. Well, obviously, I'm going to go here. Our beloved giant, Saquon Barkley. I've seen in. Mm -hmm. We do a Yahoo League, right? Um, Which is. We we need to switch to sleeper, but that's besides the point. Um, Which is. Yeah, you're. But here's the thing my dad is a commissioner and he doesn't know how sleeper works. So we're staying on Yahoo for forever time. So I don't know what you're. Until until, until he's. Until he's 95. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. I. What was I saying? Oh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, I like him at the spot. I mean, there's not the problem with pick 11 and Josh and I were talking about this last night when we did like a fun little mock draft or whatever, but it was like, you can't really predict who's going to be there because like we all have like crazy people in our leagues who don't really know what they're doing or think they know what they're doing. You say say that though, like everyone's like, it's not, they're not that crazy. Like I, I think a lot, most of them at least are down to earth and they know what they're doing. I would agree. So I disagree with you on that. I think I would say that there's always people, myself included, I-, I would categorize myself as someone who thinks they know better than Yahoo and drafts people in a different order and thinks like I know better than them. Um, there's always those people. So you never really know who's going to go where. Um, but I would say I think Saquon's a good option for me. Um, not a big Stefan Diggs guy this year. Um, who else? Bijan, I think, is an exciting but you know high risk prospect. Um, but it sounds like um, he probably will not make it because I think they just bumped him up in the Yahoo like rankings or whatever. Uh, so he'll probably not make it. I mean, Travis Kelsey, you know, pretty much got me my third place finish last year single handedly carried me. So uh, if he somehow falls, that would be wonderful. But I don't think so. So those are just some of the players I'm looking at, Josh. You got to return the favor now. Now my notepad's out right now. I've got two pens just in case one of them doesn't work. <laughs> nice. Um, here's what I'm looking at, right? AJ Brown, although he's an eagle, and everyone is saying his season is turning downwards, right? Because they have so many weapons in Philadelphia, and they can't be the same and as good as last year. He was on my team last year, by the way. And he did amazing, right? He did do amazing for me, but I also so got him why in the third is, round. Why is everyone saying that him at pick 12 is great or not even at pick 12 just picking him in general is a downfall like why why is everyone sleeping on him that's what i want to know so i have aj brown at 12 because i think he's gonna fall there um and then if we're talking about a running back i really do like Bijan, alex I'm, i'm a big fan of him and uh you know i'm hoping he falls to me at 12 and if i'm going to pick a running back it's going to be him Although it seems like you're also eyeing him too, so we'll have yeah. to see. And he could even go within the top ten, uh, oh, which yeah, we, so. we we are not in. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to uh, to wait and see there. But I do want to do one piece of breaking news here: is that did you see this morning that Josh Jacobs will be back before Week One, and he's not holding out of his contract anymore? Did see that is critical news, which I did not see, and thank well, I would have seen it when I do my ten years of fantasy yeah, sure. research after this, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is certainly interesting. 
And, yeah, uh, I don't think that means he goes first or second round pick. Maybe early third. No, or do you? I think he goes. I think he goes. No, he right now he's mocked as a mid second. So I think that'll bump really up to early second would be so right in our range. Funny enough. Well, here's the deal though. Just because he end he's ending his holdout and he's going to be with the team before week one, that doesn't mean that he's going to be fully like knowing of the playbook. Like I don't know how much I trust that. Yeah, I mean they still have the same coaching staff, don't they though? I think. Let me. Uh, they they do. Yeah. Let me just double check that report is. Uh, yeah. Make sure you didn't get it from Ballsack Sports or whatever. <laughs> uh, no, Dove Kleeman actually said report Raiders running back Josh Jacobs will end his holdout and report to the team before Week One. Is Dove that was Kleeman lost? That was from re- the Las re- Vegas uh, Reveal uh, Journal. Oh, uh, okay. Although that's different. Dove Dove Kleeman is the guy that um that people hate on. Yeah. Really, people hate on him. Yeah, because I, well, I'm not saying this is true, but apparently he like steals stuff from people and like. I don't know. Well, I mean, he did he did uh, say via at the Las Vegas Review Journal, so he did he did quote them, you know, yeah. he gave them the props for the report. So I tried Las Vegas Review Journal. They're they're probably firsthand there, and they have reporters that are on the beat for the Raiders um, that know that 100. Uh, percent So yeah, Josh Jacobs is back, so that's pretty interesting. Mm. Um, any other things? Any other fantasy stuff you want to talk about besides Raiders breaking news? Um, I mean, I'll talk about a couple of players I like in the later rounds. I know people always like that. Um, I am a big, who was I going to say? I, I like uh, Hollywood Brown a lot. I think he could be pretty good this year, especially if Kyler Murray comes back. But then again, I'm kind of, you know, hedging your bets here that Kyler Murray comes back by midseason because otherwise I don't know who the hell their quarterback is but it cannot be good for him so he's someone I like uh, and I really like Jahan Dotson on the uh, commanders I know NFC East struggle but I think he could have a you know some sort of a breakout season this year I know they have Terry McLaurin but Sam Howell likes to air it out and uh, he's a guy I'm interested in as well so there you go those are a couple of sleepers who are going to win you your league all right here listen here first I should be on TikTok right now here are two players that are going to win you your league. Now let me talk about subtle hints for 10 minutes before I tell you the player. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm looking at if we're going to go by, you know, well, I'll, I'll talk about the guy who just, former Giant, just got a big payday, Evan Ingram. You know, I think you're going to want him not only at that tight end spot, but even at your flex because what he's in this Jacksonville offense is apparently a big part with how much money he got, and he did pretty well last year. So I want to put him in there. Alex, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think that's a good shout. Um, and then let's talk about a wide receiver here. Elijah Moore in Cleveland. Mm. This is a little bit different now because you— Interesting. Yeah, because you're looking at the youngsters, and you want to see, ooh, like what players are going to break out. And you look at Sky Moore in Kansas City. I just have—I don't know how much—I uh, uh, was going to say Tyree Kill, sorry. I don't know how much Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball outside of Travis Kelsey. That's always a bet every year that you have to take. You know, you see Juju, Juju Schmidt, Smith. Oh, that's a hard word. Or hard Juju Smith, Juju really directly. There you go. Thank you. You see Juju uh, in Kansas City and you're like, oh, do I target him? Is he a good guy to, to get there? And then you get him and then he doesn't really do too much. So I don't say Sky Moore. I say Elijah Moore, the other one. Um, the, <laughs> the other Moore uh, last name there. And then... Let's see. Should I do one more sleeper? It was someone that you drafted last night, Alex. If we're going by position, I got a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end. Now the running back is Samaje Ryan, who is not in Cincinnati anymore behind Joe Mixon. However, when he did step in for Joe Mixon, he was very good. 
it is the Denver Broncos running back, Samaj P. Ryan. So we'll see how he fits in that offense with Russell Wilson, but another late-round guy I have there. I'm not going to say to win your fantasy league because that's too much pressure on myself if they're unsuccessful. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you want views on TikTok, you got to say to win your fantasy league, win you $100,000, it doesn't matter. That way people stay on the video. You got to learn these things, Josh. But yeah, I don't, I don't really... Running back for me, Rashad White. I think he could be good uh, on a terrible Buccaneers offense, but that is depending on how terrible they are. So uh, there you go. I'll throw in a running back there. But uh, that that's all I'm giving away, Josh. I know you already have a notepad full of notes right now and i'm very upset about it i you know the one thing i do want to say though i'm really scared about drafting anyone on the cardinals and the texans offenses they scare the hell out of me because we have no idea how dismal they're going to be we know they're going to be dismal unless one of them makes a really big surprise so it's hard to look at wide receivers tight ends running backs quarterbacks on those teams and be like yeah i want them because you just you know that they're going to be terrible this year so I don't know. That's another tip that I just want to add. And I feel like I just roasted them. Uh, and that's not even fantasy football related. But uh, I mean, it kind of is. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Giant Take. I know we got sidetracked here, but I, I do think, you know, some people will appreciate it, especially you fantasy football listeners. So we wanted to give our opinions out there. Um, you could subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, at Google Podcasts, all of those places. Follow us on our various social medias at the Giant Take Pod. Alex on Twitter at Annoying23. I'm on Twitter at JoshSolo29. And then you can find, apparently, my article in the podcast description, as well as all of those things I just said, will be in the description as well. Alex, you can wrap this one up whenever you're ready. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Um, it's been a, a fun couple weeks of preseason, and uh, I guess we'll see you next time uh, regarding the Jets. Giants preseason Aaron Rodgers apparently will be making his Jets debut for those who care uh, in the Big Apple which is probably a lot of people so I guess get ready for that and we'll see how our Giants do against them peace